And just uh, after 7.08, uh, Skulls here, Lior on board. The employment hour for your Monday evening. The number uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. 1-855-225-TALK. It is toll-free. Colin, we want to hear from you tonight. You have questions about your workplace, your workplace rights, severance, anything under that particular large topic. We will get to it. Lior, my brother, as always, we start with the week that was. How was it? Well, let me tell you, John, if, if uh, today's show is half as busy as my week, week has been so far, then we're going we're gonna to have a bit of a, a roller coaster ride today because uh, it's, it's, it's really been a busy week. A lot of people calling me, emailing me with questions about their workplace rights, uh, trying to help them resolve problems, and, and that's exactly what I do, and that's what you and I try to do on this show to help uh, answer questions, to alleviate some of the concerns and the stresses that people have in their workplace. So if you haven't heard the Employment Hour uh, show before or you haven't wanted to call, you've been a bit bashful, don't be bashful. Call us. Ask the questions that you have because by doing that, not only are you giving us a chance to help you to solve your workplace problem, but trust me, you're going to be helping others who may be in exactly the same situation. So please, please don't be bashful. We want to help you with anything to do with your workplace and, and legal rights at work. And uh, as you said, John, a week there was, let me talk about some uh, things that came across my desk. First matter, I got a call uh, just a couple of days ago from a lady that was hired as a, as a maternity leave replacement. Yep. So she had replaced a lady that went on, on a maternity leave, and she was hired on a one-year contract. The company that she worked for obviously believed that the, the lady that went on maternity leave is going to be gone for a year. So uh, fast forward uh, to recently. The company finds out from the from the lady that was on maternity leave that she's going to be coming back early, uh, seven months into maternity leave, so five months before they expected her. Uh, so they turn around to this 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 new employee, the one that was uh, the replacement, and they said, "Well, since the original lady's coming back, she's going to take over the job, and and you're out of here. You you you're gone, and you know you work for us for seven months. We're going to give you a week's pay, and <laughs> off you go." Well, here's the thing, John. You're chuckling because I think yeah. you know exactly where I'm, I'm going with this. She signed a fixed-term contract. She signed an agreement for 12 months. They let her go after seven months. Well, what does that mean? That means that they actually owe her the balance. They owe her the difference, five months' pay. The rule generally, John, is when you sign a fixed-term contract, a contract of employment for a specific period of time, if the company lets you go before the end of that period, they still have to pay you the difference, the balance. So in this situation, even though she only worked for seven months, they owe her another five months pay because of the agreement that she signed. Doesn't matter if it's not the company's fault and something unexpected happened, they still have to pay that. So remember the rule, if you're let go and you have a fixed term contract, you get severance and the severance is actually the difference in the contract, the difference between when they let you go and when they should have let you go. So that's very important. And, and John, five months pay is a lot of money. You bet. Phone calls, uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, one eight five five two two five. talk is uh, toll-free. You want to call, would love to talk to you. Yeah, five months. you got to finish off that contract regardless. So she's got five months pay, and she's uh, she's out of there. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, if she's going to work, I may as well, uh, or if she's going to get uh, paid, may as well get paid and not have to work. And yeah. in this case, the company could have, of course, had an early exit clause, they didn't, so they have to pay the balance of the contract, John. So, and, you know, I don't make up the rules, I just tell you what it is. That's it. What else you got going on? So I, a gentleman called me. He had been off on a disability leave for a while after a, you know, a serious medical condition. Company was fine. They let him be off. He was off for about six months or so. 
Uh, and then when he was ready to come back to work, he had some limitations. His doctor said that he can't come back and work uh, uh, the same hours, and he needs some modified duties, at least for, for the first few weeks, to kind of ease into work. Uh, the company, though, when, when they saw that, they said, no, we, 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 we're not going to allow that. When you, you can only come back when you don't need modified duties, when you're ready to do the old job the way you used to do it. Uh, so when you're ready to come back to work on 100%, we'll take you back. Until then, sorry, you st- you're staying home. Uh, and of course, he was upset. He wanted to come back to work. He, he felt that the company can uh, help him out. And that's when he gave me a call. And he wanted to know what, what gives and what is the company's obligations here. Well, John, it's very, very simple. The company has a legal obligation to accommodate him. It doesn't matter what they want or what they expect. If he can come back to work with some accommodation, modified duties, maybe modified hours, the company doesn't have a choice. They have to provide that accommodation. They, they don't get to say, well, no, no, you only come back when you're at 100%. That's under our human rights laws. The human rights code is very simple and it's very clear. There's no ambiguity. You as an employer have a duty to accommodate, even if it's difficult. Now, at some point, it may be too difficult and too costly. Okay, you may not have to go beyond that point. But to say, no, we're not even going to look at it. We're not even going to try. Too bad for you. That's ridiculous. That's a, absolutely a human rights violation. So what does that mean for this guy? Not only can he now consider himself potentially as constructively dismissed, the fact that they didn't accommodate him, that could be a constructive dismissal. There's also potentially human rights damages owed to him. So, again, a company that should have known better, that should have accommodated an employee. And if you're ever in that situation, if your employer won't accommodate your medical restrictions as dictated by your doctor, you have recourse. There's, there's The, the law is going to come down pretty hard on the employer doing that. So always, always give me a call. Email is help at employmenthour.com. You want to call Lior at the firm anytime, one 821 5900 If you haven't used it, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out exactly what your severance should be, the dollar amount, the length of time. We'll get to that in more detail as the hours uh, go on here or the hour goes on. You have time to give us a call as well. If that sounds familiar to you or another workplace problem, give us a call, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. And toll-free, 1-855-225-TALK is the number. We're going to continue where we left off uh, the last time we uh, we did our show, and that is finishing our discussion on the uh, duty to accommodate. You just touched on it right there. How can an employee know if an employer can provide accommodation but chooses to say, I don't want to? Yeah, and that's always the question. You know, The company says we're not going to accommodate because it's too difficult. How does the employee know, is it really too right. difficult, or are they just not wanting to do it? Are they just making up an excuse? Well, it's not always very obvious. So, so let's look at a few things. Usually the bigger the company, okay, the more the company is expected to do, the harder it is for them to say, oh, no, it's too difficult. So the bigger the company, the more resources they have, then the, the, the higher the standard. You know, if you're working for a company with two employees, well, they may not be able to, to accommodate you uh, as much as if you're working for a huge company with hundreds and hundreds of employees. So that's number one. Number two, you want to actually uh, see what the limitations are. If your limitations are fairly minor, so, you know, you, you need to be given some flexibility or a couple of your duties have to change, well, you know what? Then it's going to be almost impossible for the company to say, yeah. no, that's too much. On the other hand, if you need to be uh, given a completely different position in a different location and maybe they have to create a position for you, then it may be too much. There's always a question as to whether the company is, is really trying or not. If you're not sure, if it's not clear to you whether the company is accommodating or not or they're trying or they're not, 
Give me a call. Let's talk through it, and let's try to figure out exactly what's happening. You got till about 10 to 8 tonight here on the air to give us a call and, uh, you know, fast-track your questions. Got uh, Jeffrey on the line, first one tonight. Hey, Jeffrey, how are you? Good, thank you. So similar to the previous caller, um, we're a small manufacturing distributed company. We have people in production that uh, do not speak English, don't really read or write English, and uh, sometimes they've had little mishaps. And uh, if somebody were to be hurt and there would actually be restrictions on their work, to what point, since they can't really do any other job other than some kind of production, how far do we have to go? They're, they're not capable of doing any desk job at all. They don't read or write English or speak English. Well, you know, that's a great question because the job has to be, number one, a job that you can provide, and number two, a job that they can do. Okay, so you, you're not obligated to, to pay them just to stand around. So if the only job that they could do, let's say, is a desk job, but they actually can't do a desk job because of their, their skills, their language, right. well, then, then there's nothing that you can give them. Uh, just like, you know, if, if they could potentially uh, drive a truck, but they don't have a license, well, you can't have them drive. So the same thing applies there. You, you have to find a position, number one, that, that's available, that, that you, can, you can give them. But number, one, they ha- number two, they have to do it, be able to do it. So it's it's perfectly fine to say the only job that you appear to be do, doing or to appear to be able to do based on your limitations is a desk job. You can't do that, so uh, we can't accommodate. That's okay, but you have to, of course, explore all the options, and you have to be certain that, in fact, they can't do it. But if you are, then then that's fine, Jeffrey. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, you, Jeffrey. Appreciate the call. Uh, you as well, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, or 1-855-225-TALK. That number is toll-free tonight till about uh, 10 to 8. So as far as uh, you know, accommodation is concerned, can an employer just in whatever circumstance just terminate an employment uh, for someone that needs accommodation? No. Uh, well, first, first of all, an employer can never, ever terminate someone's employment because they're sick, because they're off on a disability, right. or because they need accommodation. Absolutely not. That's that's uh, the clearest, uh, most obvious human rights violation that there is. So and that's completely illegal. Uh, so so let's start with that. Now, in some situation, if the company can show that the termination has absolutely nothing to do with the medical condition or the accommodation, then it's fine. But it's going to be pretty difficult to show that. I mean, it, listen, if the department shut down and everyone in the department is yeah. being let go, okay. You're not going to be able to say if you're the employee, you're picking on me only. But yeah, anytime some one person is let go, that person has happen, happens to have a disability, and the company says, oh, that's just a coincidence? Yeah, I don't buy that. Uh, I don't buy that at all. That's a human rights violation. It's a wrongful dismissal. So, yeah, any question, any doubt, we, it's worth exploring. It's worth making the call or sending the email to find out exactly whether what the company did is right, and then we can talk about what you're owed. So just to cap it off, if that happens to an employee, they're either let go or the employer will not provide proper accommodation. What's, uh, what's the recourse? What do they do? Well, it, it, the reality is that it, in most of these cases, it comes down to compensation, to, to how much money the company has to pay given what they've done. So uh, there's a number of things that, that factor in. Number one, it's the amount of severance. Because the person's let go or because they're not accommodated, uh, which is a constructive dismissal, they're out severance. And that's, of course, as our regular listeners know, is based on the person's age, position, and length of employment. But there's additional compensation owed under the Human Rights Code. So there could be significant amounts owing. So the, what, what does a person do? 
if a person, first of all, is not accommodated or if the company is giving you a hard time, please, please, please do not quit mm -hmm. before talking to me first. Uh, we may decide and absolutely may decide to, to have you quit, but not before we talk and, and we talk this through and we strategize properly. If you are let go, the, the most important thing is, as I always say, do not sign anything. Yes. There's no exceptions to that. You don't sign anything. You give me a call. doesn't matter what pressure the company puts on you. There's nothing they could do to you. There's no deadlines you have to worry about. Call me. Let's talk about it, and let's make sure that you get everything that you're owed. That number, by the way, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. It is help at employmenthour.com. You can also catch a TV show on Global uh, Global TV. It is uh, Employment Hour on thirty Saturdays at ten a.m. We'll take a short break. Your phone calls, phone lines wide open. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell and one eight five five two two five talk. That's your toll free number. It is the Employment Hour right here from Global News Radio. It is 724. The Employment Hour is back. Waiting for your phone calls. By the way, 1-855-225-TALK. That is toll-free. You can take that number as well. Steve, I like the sound of your question. Lay it on us. What's going on? How's it going, guys? Good, pal. Good. I'll just jump right in here. I know mm -hmm. you're busy. So I've been delivering food with my own vehicle um, under the banner of independent contractor for the last three years for one of the major food delivery companies here in Toronto. Yeah, and you guys know, uh, my, so a two-pronged question quickly. So I know I'm not a subcontractor, even though they don't uh, withhold taxes mm, because right. of my hours, because I listen to your show, Lior, often. Yep. Um, so I need a designation on that. Also, you know what's going on on King Street with uh, no parking, parking enforcement everywhere. Um, traffic in the uh, peripheral, you know, streets are, yeah. is just insane. So sure. this company is demanding that their car couriers deliver to King Street. It is physically impossible, and not only that, uh, hundreds of dollars a month in parking tickets. It becomes constructive at the very least. So I just want your opinion on that, and I really need to get out of this company. Yeah, yeah, man, I hear you. Uh, so first of all, yeah, yeah but let's deal with the simple part, and which is the, the whole independent contractor thing. Yeah, if you work for them for three years and you work regular hours, etc., you're very, very likely to be considered an employee, despite the fact that they call you a contractor and that, that they don't withhold taxes. So, so you're, you're absolutely right there, which, which brings us to the second issue, which is the whole uh, mess that's going on on King Street and, and how this affects you. Now, here's the problem. The problem is that this is something unexpected. You know what? The, this is you know the city implemented certain measures on King Street, which uh, make it very difficult for drivers on that on that street now. Uh, that's not something that the company did or that they had a way of knowing or expecting. It's kind of an outside intervention. So because of that, it's difficult to have any recourse against them. Uh, you know, I. I Normally, you, you could say, well, that's a constructive dismissal. You're making me do something that's completely unreasonable. But the problem is it's, it's, there, it's, it's out of their hands in a way, unless they could decide not to service King Street. So I, I think that the, the problem here is, uh, is what, the, what the government or sorry, what the city has done. I think it's going to be very difficult to have recourse here, Steve, against the, the, uh, your employer only because of the fact that there was an intervening kind of act here by the city. So, so I, 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 it concerns me that you may not have recourse because of this whole King Street mess. No, I understand. And just let me add quickly that um, they understand that the King Street situation is a mess. So what they've done is with all the restaurants between Bathurst and Jarvis, they've earmarked for pickup by bike only because they recognize the cars can't get down there. But when it comes to the delivery aspect, 
they just don't want to hear anything about it. If you happen to get an order, you have to deliver it. So they're sucking and blowing at the same time. So, so Steve, what, what could they do? Uh, is there a way, something they could do to solve this problem other than decide not to deliver there? Absolutely. They have, uh, they're, they're, surf, they're software rich, right, when it comes to analytics. They're earmarking these, these restaurants to be only picked up by bikes only. So they know what part of the fleet is by bike and can only pick up from those restaurants. They mm. could very easily do the same thing in terms okay. of drop-off. Okay, so, so okay, that's a good point. So if they're able to, again, I, I don't obviously know the, the, the mechanisms there, but if they're able to arrange for bikes just as easily to deliver uh, on King, then, I, then I, I absolutely feel that they can and they should do that because it's easily fixed. If it's easily fixed, you may be in a position where you can say constructive dismissal because even though it's an outside, uh, you know, this thing that happened, you could have still fixed it fairly quickly, company. So why don't you and I, Steve, connect off air and, and let's talk about this. You could be owed a few months' pay here if you decide to leave because of this. Please, please, though, don't leave before you and I can connect because I want to understand more about this whole ability to, to have bikes do it. But you may have a constructive dismissal situation here. Thank you very much, guys. I'll be in touch, Joe. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate that. Just in case, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour.com. Albert, good evening. How are you, pal? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. What's uh, what's going on with you? Um, I'm an employer, and I have a long-term employee uh, who's at one location, and I want uh, this person to move to another location, and uh, I'm not sure if she will go. And if she doesn't, I mean, can it be construed as constructive dismissal? Uh, great question, Albert. Now, how far is she going to have to go? How far are you relocating? Oh, it's probably like four kilometers. And is, is this four kilometers? Not a lot, obviously. No, it's so not. Is it going to cause her a big problem? And like, is she walking to work now, and now she's going to have to drive? Would it really be a big deal for her? I don't think it will be a big deal, but it's one of those things where someone is now going to be working downtown, as opposed to not working downtown. I think that's the issue. So it, it comes down to how this impacts her. Uh, you know, it's not enough for her to say, "Well, I, I just don't like downtown." On the other hand, you know, downtown can be a pain say. in the butt to get to, right? So yeah. if now, instead of taking 10 minutes to work, it's going to take her 45 minutes to get to work because, you know, these extra four kilometers is bumper to bumper or whatever, then that, that is a big deal. Uh, if it's just, hey, you know, it's more crowded on, on the subway, that's not enough. So it, it really comes down to that. But if it is a big deal, Albert, then, yeah, it could be a constructive dismissal, absolutely, which means that she may decide to treat that as a constructive dismissal, as a termination, and pursue her severance. So that is so, an option. Four kilometers, though, is not a lot. So what if she used to work downtown? For you? Yes. So uh, and how long ago was that? Uh, let's say maybe eight, eight years, eight years ago, I guess. And then you, you relocated or did she ask to, to move? Another one. And then she, she, uh, went to this new location. Did you have her move or did she ask to move to the new location? Uh, it was the fact that there was, um, the downtown location was being closed because they were redeveloping the property. Yep. So we opened another location. She went with it, and now okay. it's, it's going after the redevelopment. It's mm -hmm. it's opened up again. Okay, so that that helps you tremendously. Number one, because there's a history of moving, so that's already very good. And yeah, number two, if, if she's she it. worked downtown, it's going to be very difficult to say, "Oh my God, you know this it's such a big deal," or "I don't want to ever work downtown." If she used to do it, so it mm -hmm. seems to me that with, with that, you know, in only four kilometers, 
then yeah, the, it, the risk here is probably not very big. That said, uh, if in fact when it's time to relocate, she absolutely refuses, let's you and I connect off air and let's get into this, the, the real details and, and, and get some more information about how it's exactly going to impact her. But I feel much better knowing that it happened in the past, that she had moved, that she had worked downtown. I think uh, the likelihood of a constructive dismissal here is very, very small, Albert. Okay, great. Appreciate that, Albert. Uh, moving forward, one 821 5900 is the number to get a hold of Lior at the firm or his team as well. It is help at employmenthour.com. Peter, good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Thanks for hanging in. What's going on? So uh, for the last three years, I have uh, been a volunteer at a uh, local hockey association, just like a lot of parents do. And um, uh, back in, uh, in November, early December, I got an email saying that I was suspended. No reason given. I asked what the reason was by email and wasn't given one. And then a week later, I was told that uh, I'm no longer uh, part of the uh, team staff. I was a team manager. So they, they fired me and my coach and the assistant coach and did not give any reasons and did not do any of the things that you do when you're going to fire somebody. Like, hey, what happened in this situation? Or yeah. how did this happen? Yeah. Or explain just nothing. No, uh, so you, you said volunteer, Peter, obviously, so you weren't getting paid, right? Uh, cor- correct. The only payment I get is um, uh, parents have to pay uh, a $300 bond every year to ensure that they – it's a way of forcing them to do volunteer hours, but because I was on the team, I, I obviously put in all my hours, so uh, I get I get that free. Okay, I got it. So, so here's what I'm going to say to you. I mean, when it comes to what the law can do, the law only knows how to compensate to to to, uh, to provide monetary compensation. The law can't really make people do things other than to make them pay money. So, what I mean by that is, yes, if this was an employment situation, then this is extremely easy. They can't do that without proper compensation unless they have a, a really amazing reason because you did something awful. But because this is not an employment situation. There's really no requirement to pay severance. Now, there could be internal mechanisms that they have, uh, you know, the association in terms of appealing this and, and, and uh, getting some uh, some closure. But in terms of what the law can do in, the, in a strictly volunteer situation, there really isn't. Now, if they badmouth you, for example, then, yeah, there could be defamation issues here, no question. But if it's simply a matter that, you know what, we, we don't like uh, Peter to do this, we want to have Bob do it, it's not fair, it's not right, yeah. it's not ethical, but it's not illegal per se because there's, there's no compensation associated with it. Okay, so is there um, anything, though, you, you mentioned sort of about defamation of character. They, they haven't said anything that I'm aware of uh, to do that, but people come to me all the time now and say, Peter, so what happened? And I, all I can say to them is, I don't know, and they think yeah. I'm lying to them. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you, which is why. Yeah, I know, which is why, as I said, it's it's probably also unethical to do it the way they did. Uh, I, I, I just, if they haven't said anything and they haven't, you know, said things about you that, that would make you look bad, things that are untruthful, and because this is a strictly volunteer situation, there's really nothing that the law can do in this uh, uh, arrangement uh, other than uh, to, to tell you that exhaust whatever internal mechanisms that they have, and I'm sure they have bylaws, etc., that allow you to, to do certain things. Beyond that, there's not much that, that, that can be done. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, one 225 talk to call in and talk to Lior up to about 10 to 8 tonight. That number, by the way, is uh, is toll-free. Hey, Rick. Good evening. 
Good evening. How are you, gentlemen? Good, sir. What's going on? Um, just a just a question with regards to if what businesses are allowed to do. Sure. Uh, basically, what happened was um, the company that I, that I did work for they brought me in, told me that I, you know I was being let go, but on the actual paperwork they said I was being laid off, and then. Yep. You know, after a few days or a week or so, you know, then they brought in somebody else and took over my position. Now, again, I was being fired, but on the paperwork, they put laid off. I still got a severance package, you know, my, my vacation pay and whatever I was owed to up until that point. But can companies do things like that? Like, is that is that legal or yeah? So, so very very good question, Rick. And and you know, it's a question that gets very often. Ultimately, Rick, a company can let you go at any time and for any reason as long as they pay proper severance. And they can let you go and, and you know, even though you've done nothing wrong or they can let you go and, and hire someone else even though they're saying that they're not going to do that. They're allowed to be, you know, it, it's a terrible thing to say, but they can actually be dishonest in terms of reasons and in terms of uh, how and why they're letting you go. But what they can't do is they cannot let you go without full severance. So, so Rick, let's talk a bit about that. How okay. long did you work there for? Uh, by the time I was let go, I was, um, wait, July, August, November. So, so I was actually three months, four months short of 10 years. Okay, so just short of 10 years. How, when was this? When did this happen? Uh, 2012. Ah, so you're out of time, my friend. Uh, yeah, that was, that was my next question. Part question was, this, is there a statute of... Yeah. Uh, Two years. On that. There's two a two-year okay. statute. Now, Rick, did they give you a severance? Yes, they did. How, how much in terms of months do you know? Uh, to be honest with you, no. Um, uh, it seemed the, the right amount, but, again, I'm not 100% sure. So, you know, 10 years, I mean, depending on, on your specific job and your age, you probably would have been looking anywhere from 8 to 10 months' pay. So that's what they would have owed you. Uh, but unfortunately, either way, Rick, because it's been 2012, uh, you, you're out of time to pursue anything in any event. Okay, I know. I, I realize that. But the thing is, this has always been an ongoing thing. I'm not the only person they've done this to. Yeah. And, but, I mean, I've been out of touch with the company, but I'm confident that they're still doing it. Yeah, you know, I mean, what, what, what I bet you a company that does that also does not pay proper severance. I guarantee yeah. you that almost. So that's what they're probably doing wrong. They, they can let people go and be sneaky about it, but what they can't do is avoid paying that full severance. So if you, you're still in touch with people that work there and they're letting being let go, tell them to give me a call. Tell them to make sure that they know how much severance they're owed. They can go to the severance calculator, call me. Uh, don't, don't let them be taken advantage of. Rick, that number to pass around, by the way, one 821 5900 It is help at employmenthour.com. Nick, good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. I've uh, got a couple of questions that time allows me to. Sure. Uh, from an employer perspective, uh, an employee on a part-time basis, been there for a long time. Uh, however, um, this employee was found to have shortchanged the establishment. This employee was in charge of the cash register. Uh, can the employer uh, hold back any funds from the wages that are owed to the employee? So the only way, Nick, that an employer can withhold back money that way is with the employee's written agreement. 
So if the employee okay. agrees in writing that you can do that, that's fine. Without that, it's illegal. Even if he owes the company, so you may owe the company, I don't know, 100 bucks. I'm just using a number. Yeah, uh, and right. you may say, okay, well, uh, on the next check, I'll just pay him 100 bucks less. You can't do that unless the employee uh, agrees in writing. You could okay. take legal action. If he did something wrong, maybe you can let him go. But you cannot withhold without his consent. Uh, that's right on the Employment Standards Act, and it has to be an agreement in writing. One good thing to do, by the way, Nick, is, is a word of advice from an employer standpoint, is when you hire someone, you have number one, you have to have them sign an employment agreement. But what you may want to consider doing is put in the employment agreement, by the way, employee, if you ever owe us money, that you're, you're, you're agreeing that we can, we can take it off your paycheck. If that's right. right in the employment agreement, then you're golden. You can do that in the future. Without right. that and without the employee's written agreement, uh, Nick, you can't do it. Okay, thank you. Uh, one more question if, if uh, sure. time is okay. Uh, same employee was instructed never to take anything belonging to the establishment home. Uh, in this particular case, uh, the evening sales uh, monies, okay, uh, person was given not one but three different times to bring the money back um, refused to do that decided to do it on their own terms what uh, what can I possibly do to basically get rid of this person so so help me understand maybe I just uh, I didn't hear it properly why did they have the money in the first place uh, that's a good question I that she this person was responsible for the cash register yeah. And uh, whatever sales uh, took place, actually not just for one day, but for a total of two days, and never filed a sales report, and basically took the money home. Now, we know exactly how much the money uh, missing was because we checked our inventory and we know where, mm -hmm. we're, where we're sitting. So what can I possibly, can I get let go of this person without running into major issues? Well, Nick, you, you probably absolutely could have done that when this happened. So yeah, you, you can't. He can't do that. He can't take money away and not bring it back. I mean, it's not his money. It's it's theft. Even if he brings it back, it's it's not something he's allowed to do. Now right. the problem is, if he did this, I don't know, last month and you didn't let him go, you can't now go back and say I'm going to fire you for cause because of what you did a month ago. So uh, that's that's not a you, well. You can let him go, but you'd have to pay him severance. My partner decided to uh, uh, just go with a one-week suspension with no pay and uh, hoping that things can improve. Personally, I would like to let the person go, but if I let the person go, again, am I tied into uh, a severance issue? Yeah, if you let him go today, yes, you would absolutely have to pay severance. So what I would suggest is if you still want to let him go, yeah, you can pay him out. Or you now keep a very close eye on things. You give him a week suspension. If he does anything else he's not supposed to do, again, assuming it's legit, then at that point you may be able to say, you know, this is the straw that broke the camel's back. Now we're going to let you go. Uh, but I would not let him go now for cause because of something that he did, whatever it was, a month ago. Uh, that's no, just not going to fly. This has happened within the last 48 hours. Oh, I see. Okay. Then and is he on suspension right now? As of this afternoon. 
Well, then, you know what? You may, you may be able to still do it. It's not too late. You can say we reconsidered and we think that what you did was bad enough to terminate your employment. So, yeah, you may well be able to do that. But here's what I want. I don't want to be giving you advice over the radio and say, oh, yeah, don't problem. Fire the guy. So I want you to give me a call. I want to find out exactly what happened and what was said and the timing and some more about this guy's uh, history, you know, how long he's worked for you, et cetera. Uh, because, you know, firing someone for cause is a big deal. So you have to get it right. So don't do that before we speak, but don't sit on this. Give me a nope. call tomorrow at the office. John is going to give you the number, and let's let's chat about it. Very, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. That number, 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com. Yeah, that was all a foregone conclusion until he slipped in that 48-hour little caveat there, right? That changes well, yeah. things. Yeah. If if it just happened and he's just now, uh, you know, they're just now dealing with it, then that's okay. If if this had happened a while ago and he was already punished, well, you can't now repunish him for something that happened. Uh, but listen, I mean, I, something here is strange. But if the guy is in charge of money and he takes the money home and he doesn't return it when he's told, well, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, so that may well be cause, even though, as, as I always say in, on the show, it's it's very difficult to establish cause. It's it's the death penalty of the employment relationship. Yeah. But taking money from the employer, yeah, that's pretty bad. We talk about, uh, you know, quite often the show deadlines and stuff like that for signing back a severance offer. So how is a typical severance offer structured? We talked about well, it so much tonight. We talk about it a lot. And, and you know, some people uh, have had the good luck that they never, never had to see one. And hopefully many of our listeners will never have to see one. But the way it's structured is uh, a severance offer outlines first the amounts that the company is going to pay immediately, right away. Those are usually the amounts under the Employment Standards Act, a person's minimum entitlements. And then it would go on to say, well, uh, employee, beyond that, we're going to offer you an additional amount of money, but to get that money, you'd have to sign off on a release. Mm -hmm. You'd have to sign off on a severance package. And if you don't accept, we'll only give you the minimums. If you accept, we'll give you that full amount. And then, of course, it comes in with a deadline. And you have until Friday at 5 or whatever it is to sign, or else you don't get it. And that's where the problems arise because people think, oh, my gosh, they're offering this, offering me this additional amount of money. Maybe I'm not owed that money, and they freak out about that deadline, yep. not understanding that, in fact, they are owed that money and probably a lot more than that. And they, they get very nervous about the deadline and invariably accept severance that they shouldn't be accepting. We've talked in the past about uh, employers that have literally pulled a person in the office. One hand gives them the offer, the severance offer. The other hand offers the pen, says you need to sign this now. Yeah, it it happened. And uh, it does happen. And uh, it's a very bad practice for employers to require people to sign on the spot because the problem is even if the employee signs it on the spot because of that pressure, they can then later on say, I signed this under duress. I should be able to get out of this because of all this duress you put me under. So it's a terrible, terrible, terrible idea for an employer to uh, insist that someone uh, sign something on the spot. Very, very bad idea. And if that happens to, to any of our listeners, please don't sign on the spot. Don't sign it at all without speaking to me. Those deadlines are meaningless. And what's your employer going to do to you if you don't sign it on the spot? They've already let you yeah, go. fire you. <laughs> so what are they going right. to do, beat you with a stick? Of course not. Yeah, exactly. You're going to fire me? Well, too late for that. Yeah, right. So if you're let go... Whatever pressure you may feel, whatever deadline, ignore it. 
call me. Use the severance calculator. Let's make sure you get everything you wrote. There's really no deadlines you have to worry about. That number, by the way, one 821 5900 It is help at employmenthour.com. Uh, severance pay calculator, we mentioned it. You just did again. Let's uh, get into a little depth on this one with our last couple minutes. Yes, John. If, if someone loses their job, they need to know how much they owed. The severance calculator, the easiest, fastest, most accurate way to find out, severancepaycalculator.com. Again, it's severancepaycalculator.com. You go there, you answer three simple questions. It takes seconds. It's free. It's anonymous. It's no strings attached to it. So it's just there to make sure that you're not being taken advantage of, that no one is going to uh, try to get rid of you or uh, make you uh, sign something without paying you what, they're owe, uh, what they owe you. So that's a very important tool. So many people, over 400,000 people have used it successfully yeah. so far. So it's a great thing to have. And, of course, if you know someone that loses their job or is about to lose their job, be a good friend, be a good family member, tell them to go to the severance calculator, and no, no one ever signs. You know, that's the rule. No one signs a severance offer. No one accepts a severance offer without using it because if you do, you will find out later on that you may have been owed tens of thousands of dollars more. So severancepaycalculator.com. As we uh, get ready to wrap it up here in a minute, yeah, people are going to look at that, maybe go through and say, wow, this is a good number, but it seems large compared to what I've been told. But it is accurate, right? It is deadly accurate. Every day, John, I get questions from people that are that use it and say, well, wait a second. This is so much more than I expected. Isn't it supposed to be a week's pay for every year of service? Right. It's not. It is not that at all. It's not even close. The severance calculator is accurate. That's what it does. So if you think you know how much you're, you'd be owed, you may not have lost your job, but you think you know, check it out right now. You'll be surprised. SeverancePayCalculator.com. Till next time, one 821 5900 or help at employmenthour.com. And right there, SeverancePayCalculator.com. Find out what you're really owed. Join us again right here on the Employment Hour on Global News Radio.